And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. Yeah, to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim. I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this, whether you're listening to it on the Dirt Road FM or on any podcast place, podcast, yeah, podcast um, distribution area or whatever, 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 you know what the hell I'm saying. Today, we are joined by the ever so talented J.D. Clayton. Um, I would argue that when it comes to pure talent, songwriting ability, um, rip your heart out of your chest kind of artist on this show, J.D. Clayton is in the top five artists that we ever had on the show for those things. Absolutely incredible guy. Um, incredible conversation. I'm not going to get too, too much into it because I want you to hear his story. It's an absolutely incredible one. I can't thank JD enough for taking time from his, um, wife and child to, you know, give us a little time to chat and, you know, do the thing. And we greatly appreciate it. Like so much do we appreciate it. So JD, thank you. Um, oh, I want to take a shout to our newest, partner and sponsor here on the show at tipsy music um you're gonna hear from them here in a moment but um go check them out artist fans what have you go to tipsymusic.com you're really not gonna want to miss this because it's great it's great stuff um so without further ado ladies and gentlemen here are some some commercials and stuff and our conversation with the great 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 jd clayton We want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts at 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. They have the best food, the best music around. You will not go wrong. Go to their website, offtherailsworcester.com. You can see their lineup of shows. You can see their menu. You can see the local talent they have. Absolute fantastic people. We love being a part of the Off the Rails family, and we love having them being part of our family. Thank you so much to Off the Rails. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Awesome, man. What's up? How are you, man? I'm good. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for being on, brother. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know how much of the uh, the back and forth you saw with the emails and, and all that, but this show is about you, man. I, I've it's, it's your time to, you know, tell your story however the hell you want to tell it. And um, I have no, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no questions for you. I just want, want to hear your story. I'm, I'll interject as we go and, you know, and, and dig deep into some stuff. And other than that, you know, this is, this is about you, your time to shine, brother. <laughs> awesome. Man. Well, I can do that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be, uh, 
on video here. Is it just the recording? Oh, yeah. It's just just it's just Ooh. two buddies shooting the shit, man. Dude, love it. Love it. Um well, whenever you're ready for me to go. I'm I'm ready. We're 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 rolling, bro. All right, dude. Um Well, my name is JD Clayton. No yeah. pressure. Um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um I should have had an extra glass of whiskey before we started this. No, I'm I'll be I'll be good to go here in about five minutes. What uh, are you drinking? I actually am uh, having some. Uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, it is. Uh, good lord, can't even remember, but. Uh, Buffalo Trace, that's what it is. Oh, you know, something easy, easily forgotten. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, buddy, uh, my buddy got me a bottle of it as a uh, congratulations. Tom, Thomas, the guy that uh, helped produce the record with me, uh, he brought it to the album release party the other night. And uh, so anyways, it's... It's been uh, night. It made its debut. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's great. Are you a big whiskey guy? Uh, I I like to try to be. Um, I, I like to act like I know uh, you know the difference in taste. But I, I I just I like having a glass every once in a while to kind of calm down at night and uh, help you know get into it. If I if I'm gonna write, I like you know, getting the fire going and having a glass when I sit down to write. So, yeah. uh, but no, I, you know, some of my buddies are a part of a private, uh, like a nonprofit whiskey club that does events and they've, they've got, you know, over a thousand bottles in this little warehouse of theirs. And I ain't like those guys. <laughs> yeah. That's like and whiskey. There's like and whiskey, and then there's like and whiskey. Yeah, you know it's it's funny because when I when I started this show, you know I had just kind of gotten into whiskey, gotten a taste for it because I never liked it really. Yeah. You know, in my in my twenties and stuff, and even in my early thirties, I didn't care much for it. Um, but you know, my wife, my wife is a you know always a whenever we went out, you know, or whenever we go out, it's a you know it's Jack and something, right? And right. Um, she kind of got me into it. And one night we went out with a bunch of friends and we went to this, you know, it was a more or less a whiskey bar. Um, yeah. So, you know, went in Rome. Right. Right. And uh, it kind of was like, it sounds cliche, but it was life changing because I was getting to a point where, you know, drinking beer for me wasn't, uh, wasn't going well. Uh, um, and, you know, it was, I needed an alternative if I was going to continue to per- partake in alcohol and you know i like gin i like rum you know i like you know i don't like vodka all too much but um you know the whiskey whiskey and bourbon kind of like jumped at me real fast and it it just it became a liking yeah that's awesome man yeah Yeah. i've really grown to to love it um and i do i like i like for somebody who's really knowledgeable to kind of you know bring me a bottle and and um you know, talk to me about, you know, where it's made and all the, all the, you know, what I'm supposed to be tasting and, 
Um, as long as I have somebody there to kind of guide it. it. I mean, it's, it's a fun, I don't get into it quite like those guys, but it's still, I love having a glass at night to kind of calm down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we do our reviews, I've, I always tell everybody like, it's not, you're not going to get one of those, like, you know, Oh, I can smell the notes. I might like, I don't know. Does it taste good? Yes. Does it taste bad? Yes. You know, whatever yeah. you know <laughs> i'm just a regular guy just wanting it <laughs> wanting to try some whiskey you know i don't exactly you know i, oh, I, can, I, I can, if it burns or uh if it doesn't burn right exactly exactly can i can i drink this all night or can i just have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah um oh man yeah so i guess uh I'm going to jump into my life story here. I, I, I've been doing quite a few podcasts as of recently to promote the album. And yeah. one thing that I've always talked about is just kind of like the types of music that, believe it or not, got me started. Um, and it's not what you think. I, I didn't really um, learn about country music or figure out what country music was until I mean you know well into high school or going into college um, yeah my dad did not um my dad did not listen to country music and um I apologize if you can hear my daughter she's screaming in the background we got a little uh eight month old at home oh uh, congratulations so, buddy thanks man we're, so we're still figuring this whole thing out yeah, yeah, it's it's a ride, man. I got I have three from age twelve to three, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, any tips you got? We could talk. We could probably spend the whole podcast talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no matter what you do, you know, just just know now, everything you do is gonna fuck them up somehow. <laughs> that's that's you know, once you get over that pump, once you've like lived with that for a minute, you're like, all right, now I can be a dad. <laughs> well that's great to hear <laughs> uh, yeah i feel like i'm already well underway and messing her up yeah yeah so, yeah um but anyways uh, my probably in 2001 2000 yeah around there my dad had a, a good buddy that was in the film business that took a trip out to california and while he was out there he got two cds that were blowing up out west and he brought those back and gave them to my dad and said hey man i want you to check out these two artists um and those two artists were jack johnson surfer singer songwriter and john mayer and the albums were 2001 Brushfire fairy tales jack johnson's debut record and brim for squares john mayer and so from such an early age, um, I can still see my dad, you know, out on the back porch with the tab guitar tab books and his, you know, boombox playing Jack Johnson CDs, trying to learn these tunes. And that was kind of my earliest understanding of how music in a pop way uh, within the music industry, how it worked, you know. Mm. An artist writes a record, goes on tour, a couple years later writes a record, and goes and tours that record. 
um, it was like I was saying earlier, it wasn't until later into high school or even maybe into college that I discovered country music because my dad hated country music. He, he thought it was cheesy. He, he didn't really understand it. He was a fan of classic, you know, Southern rock and classic rock from the 19 late 1960s, early 1970s. Um, and then also, you know, early 2000s singer songwriters. So, <clears throat> um, I kind of, you know, was lost a little bit <clears throat> and, um, you know, I'll get into this later, but really this record that I just put out, excuse me, <clears throat> is, uh, this record that I just put out is a combination of all my interests. I, I really, this album should have just been self-titled. I shouldn't have even put a title on it. Because this album really is just the, up to now, at the age of 27, it's everything that I've, everything I've got in the tank nice. up to this point. Everything that, all the interests, all, all the love for music, all the different styles, all the different artists that I took from over the years and learned from, it's the combination and the culmination of all those things. Um my i guess where i really got started was my grandfather was a was a banjo player in a bluegrass band and the band would basically make a barbecue dinner and tour around arkansas to different prisons feed the prisoners a you know some smoked meats and then play a bluegrass show and so you know, that almost I, makes me want to be in prison. Yeah, I know. It, you know, like that just to, sounds awesome. To be honest, yeah. What I, what uh, what puts you in the pen without two? You know, I I, I don't want to go. You know, we're not. I'm not looking to go life, so I'm not going to kill anybody. But I mean, <laughs> what's, a quick, what's a quick two years in the pen? I don't know. Maybe, right. Maybe some meth. I don't know. <laughs> we got a That's lot. Awesome. We got a lot of that around Arkansas, so. That's is it. that where you are? You're in Arkansas? <clears throat> I am right now. Yeah, I, I split time pretty regularly between um, Arkansas and Tennessee. Nice. Um, lived full-time in Nashville for several years. And, um, you know, with, with having a child, uh, I've started to split some time um, to let uh, the little girl have some time with her, her uh, grandparents. So, yeah. Um, you know, so watching him be involved in that band, I always wanted to, to be in a band. I always wanted to, I wanted me and my grandfather to, to start a band. I always would talk to him about that. Um, and you know, so Friday nights, I spent a lot of time over at my grandparents' house Friday nights, he'd cook us dinner and, um, we would finish up and then just sit on the couch and play bluegrass tunes. And um, that really was kind of how I got started in all of this. Um, he would, he taught me, he eventually taught me a few chords on guitar so that I could kind of play along with him. But, mm -hmm. but a lot of it was just sitting and watching him play banjo for 
for a lot of years. Um, and then, you know, I remember as I started to kind of become my own guitar player and learn some things via YouTube and guitar tabs or whatever, um, or ultimate guitar, uh, you know, I, I guess it was probably fifth grade. I remember showing up to his house and, you know, I'd be trying to do things a little bit different than the bluegrass way. And I always tell, he was like, you know, that's a little more like what your dad likes. That's a little more rock and roll. What we're doing here is bluegrass, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, he didn't fully understand, uh, the, the whole, uh, you know, Jack Johnson, John Mayer thing. Um, but fast forward to, I guess, ninth grade, my parents got my sister a piano and it was just so funny because really I had the musical talent. So I thought, and, um, I just was always surprised that they would get her this piano. I guess they, they were trying to find, they knew I had guitar. They were trying to find something that she could get into. And I just remember the day she had one of her friends come over. And this friend knew a little bit, just enough on piano. Um, and she sat down and started playing a couple things. And it was just some of the things she was playing, it just really like peaked my ears. I was just like, man, this is sounds so cool. Uh, show me how you're doing that. And she showed me how to play a couple chords by just taking, you know, your thumb, middle finger and pinky and, and playing a triad, just three notes together to make a chord on the piano. And, um, Dallas Jackson here with Tips to Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. The best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. I was hooked immediately. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't quit doing it. I realized that you could, you know, if you played, I didn't realize what I was playing at the time, but if I was playing a C chord is what it was. And right in the middle of the piano, if you started there and then you walked down a couple of notes and then did the same, you know, played the same three uh, notes, that shape, all of a sudden you're, I could hear, I was playing like a one, four, five, as we know it in country music, just the classic, like CFG, um, or, you know, EAB. Um, and it just, it was just, my ears were just melting. I just couldn't, it sounded so good. It was so pleasing to hear chords like that. Um, Anyway, my parents were just like, we're not going to fool with this. They they moved the piano into my room. And uh, <laughs> so I kind of stole that from my sister. And just after that, it was over. I, I 
took a couple lessons and then I just taught myself basically everything on YouTube. Uh, I would just, you know, search, search your favorite song, how to play, and then, um, yeah, sit there and just learn these songs on piano and sing along with them. Eventually, I got to the point where I was learning songs, and then I would pull out my voice memo app on my iPhone. And this is, you know, pretty when iPhones were pretty new, and the voice memo app was was new. Um, but yeah, I would just start to record myself playing these songs and singing. And that was kind of my thing for a while. I just, that's really how I taught myself to play. Um, and yeah, I just remember taking the, taking the recording down to my folks after, I can't remember which song I recorded. I think it was maybe The Scientist by Coldplay. That may have been my first song that I kind of like recorded on my own and sang along with but whatever it was took it down showed it to them and um, they were just like holy cow what the heck you can sing (laughs) you know it was that was kind of a big realization um, for me having kind of their their confirmation of Oh gosh, maybe I can sing. Um, and my dad was a was a pastor, and at that time he was he was helping pastor a uh, a college church, and they had a guy that was helping lead worship, but he took another job, and so I was the only one, you know, around that could play or sing um, guitar piano. So they just kind of threw me up and were like, hey, you're going to you know, start helping lead worship at this college church. And that's kind of where it began. I just, I was forced to get out of my comfort zone and uh, really developed, you know, that, that, sense of leading people in music sure yeah um and you know i got to kind of harness that skill over the years my dad's my dad ended up uh doing a church full church plant and you know that church is now you know over 10 years old so all through those growing years uh, i you know i led worship quite a bit and so yeah, really developed a presence on to learn how to have a presence on stage and uh, get comfortable up there being in front of people. So that was a really good thing for me. Um, yeah, my, yeah it, gives you, it gives you a sense of you know, <clears throat> where you're going or even who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and I don't think had that never happened, I don't think I could have done it because I've done music as a career. Cause it's just, um, it's one thing to be able to play an instrument. It's one thing to sing and play an instrument. It's another thing to stand before people 
and not just you're not just playing your songs for them yeah you're you're giving yourself over for however long that set is an hour or two hours you're giving yourself over to them you don't you belong to them after that and and you have to help them lead them guide them through whatever this process is a, a musical show a concert it's a it's a very special thing because it's not like other entertainment i think that's why it's so big and why so many people go to concerts it's it's more than that it's it's much more than that it's you know i know for me like whenever i go to a show it's it's almost like a you know i'm not very religious per se but it's it's got that you know religious experience to it regardless Ooh. of you know how many shows i've gone to or been to or you know anything like that like every every show is a new experience that's right there's there's something about gathering with a bunch of people and hearing music it's beautiful yeah uh, and it's so pleasing to our ears there's a reason why it's so pleasing to our ears yeah um and and why we continue to do it after you know thousands and thousands and thousands of years so um yeah, that was a cool thing. My my senior year of high school, a friend of mine talked me into playing at our high school graduation. We had to audition, and I wasn't sure about it, but I I was like, all right, I'll do I'll do it with you. Um, and so we went and auditioned, and we got chosen to do the graduation song. And I went to a big high school, um, Fort Smith's not that big a town. It's about ninety thousand folks, little medium size blue collar town here in Arkansas and but this high school uh was was pretty big and there were a lot of students that were graduating and you know so that was kind of a crazy situation we we sang uh rivers and roads by the head and the heart <laughs> and uh we nailed it and it's you know she did the harmonies and I played guitar and sang and you know the folks went crazy it was it was such a cool experience it was the first time playing in front of that many people and i was just hooked i was like man golly i guess you know folks like it um maybe i you know need to do this and sure enough a couple months later after graduation i started busking at the farmer's market in fort smith and I would just, you know, play songs I knew, open up the guitar case, um, and started to really develop this, you know, skill, whatever you call it. Yeah. Uh, now, at what point during all this, I don't mean, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but at what no, point? No, go ahead. At what point through all this, are you writing your own stuff and going, okay, this could be something, okay, this could be something, okay, this sucks, um, you know, like things along that nature or have you even gotten there yet i hadn't even gotten there yet i mean i hadn't even uh i didn't write my first song until my middle of my freshman year of college damn um now was that by design or were you just not even thinking about it my parents did not want me to do music and but yeah i, I don't know I don't know if I would. Yeah, I get that. I totally understand that. You know, it, it, I, I was never, I never thought 
even though I played graduation, even though I started busking in the farmer's market, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Um, it just, I just slowly have, where I am right now sitting here talking to you is just because I woke up on any given day and just took a couple steps and then it ended up happening that way. It, it was you know, it didn't, I didn't do anything. In fact, there were, there were, there were, I can get into this later, but I mean, there were, there were times during college when, I mean, I put it down and completely took other paths for a while and did other interests, started a little coffee business. I mean, it, all four years of college were, were kind of the, I guess, you know, learning that this is what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, now, what did you go to college for? What, what was your undergrad? Uh, business administration and marketing. Oh, so you took the safe route. I, not at first. I, oh. I, and that's another thing. I, I wanted to be a dentist or an orthodontist. Really? Yeah. I had always, that was kind of the dream for like all of, junior high and high school and God, i just hear the word dentist in my mouth like fucking shakes <laughs> i love it i love going i love everything about it i <sighs> if music ever failed you know i probably would go uh back to school and try to do it but that you know that's it was just that's just how you're raised around here man it was just yeah. you know especially in my in my family it was just you go to school you make good grades you wake up early and you're going to work uh, a professional job in some capacity. And we go to church and we don't, we're not going to, you know, music as a full-time job. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to appreciate music, but that's, you're not ever going to do music, you know, like in that capacity, like these people you listen to, that's just not uh, a lifestyle that's, you're cut out for and you're not going to do it. And right. So, you know, it was all fun and games. I'm doing the busking thing at the farmer's market after, just after graduating. And I go to school. I stay in Fort Smith and go to school at the university of Arkansas at Fort Smith, a sister school of the university of Arkansas in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the home of the Razorbacks. We were same program, different mascot. Um, much cheaper and uh, <laughs> still get your four-year degree. So um, I start freshman year, first semester, I'm in a music appreciation class. And, you know, I, like I've told you, music was really on my mind a lot at that time. And sitting in the back of the class is a guy named Grayson Stewart, who if you're into heavy metal at all, you might know he's the now the lead guitar player for a band called Norma Jean, um, which was started just outside of Fort Smith in a town called Van Buren, Arkansas. And so sitting in the back of the class is this guy, and we go around the room, and everybody introduces themselves and what they do. And this kid goes, you know, I play guitar. That's all I do. I only play guitar. And... I just remember thinking, man, I gotta, I gotta ask this guy if he wants to start hanging out after class and jam. 
And it took several classes before I got up the courage to, to talk to him. But I was like, finally just was like, Hey man, uh, you know, you said you play guitar. I play guitar too. Uh, we're staying in the same dorms. Why don't you come over sometime and we'll jam or whatever. And we really hit it off. We ended up starting a band called Small Town Symphony. And our first show was at the Starbucks at the UAFS campus. And it was basically just my whole family, all my grandparents. And uh, that was about it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I that's when I started writing. I, I wrote a couple songs. I wrote... I probably wrote about five or so songs, not that many, but one of them was Brown Hair, Blue Eyed Baby that I don't know, maybe you know yep. Spotify. Um, that was of like the first couple ones I wrote. And uh, I, we had a buddy that, that was kind of an engineer in, in Fort Smith. And so I, I recorded some demos and we were kind of trying to do the band thing. And my parents were really concerned and just, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I got to be in a class and they were just like, Oh gosh, like he's all this you know, <laughs> really getting into this nonsense. And, the devil's got him. Yeah, that's right. And uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I basically realized that it wasn't going to work in Fort Smith, um, as far as recording goes. And one of my buddies had moved off to Nashville and was working there full time doing tracking and, and different things for publishing companies. So I was like, all right, well, cool. I'll just, I'll leave on Friday morning around 5am, get to Nashville. I'll hang out with my buddy we'll record music and I'll get back to class on Monday. And so I did that for a while and was, you know, recording some demos here and there. Um, and it just, you know, kind of like fell apart. Didn't really, nothing really ever happened. The guy wasn't as dedicated to it as I was. And so we weren't getting anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was on Instagram. I guess this was my senior year of college and I was on Instagram and somebody posted a picture of uh, some buddies that all lived in Nashville. And I started kind of, you know, uh, scoping out all these guys and their profiles, what they did for work and everything. And one of the guys profiles said producer. And with the little knowledge of music and how the music industry worked, I had uh, I just was like, man, I need a, I need a producer because the guy I've been using, this buddy of mine that had moved to Nashville, we can't ever get anything done, so maybe I need to hit this guy up. And that was Thomas Doolin, um, who helped produce everything I've put out up to this point. And I messaged him on Instagram, and I just said, hey, man, can I buy you coffee? Uh, I've got a couple demos that I want to professionally record. So, yeah, we went and got coffee, and then in spring of 2018, I recorded my first EP, Smoke Out the Fire, 
had brown haired blue eyed baby on it and um some other songs and it was the first time i got to be in a studio session with professional musicians that really brought my songs to life and it, it was such a cool process um i put that ep out in fall of 2018 and things you know seemed like they were going good but i was selling out some shows in fort smith bringing in you know 200 300 people to some of these little clubs and uh that was a big deal for anybody in town because that yeah. didn't happen um in fort little old fort smith so um my wife and i graduated from college and I, gra- I guess I graduated 2018 and she graduated in 2019. We moved Jesus. off. To- You're young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I gave that away tonight. Um, yeah. We, we moved, we were like, all right, we've got to move off to Nashville because if we don't take this opportunity now, we never will. Right. And she was a nurse and I was doing music. So I was like, you know, of all places to move Nashville with healthcare and music, I think we'd be all right. So we, uh, decided to go for it. And I was working for a freight brokering company at the time doing cold calls and, uh, just trying to book transport loads and all this stuff. And my wife was doing nursing and I was, you know, also trying to do music, going back and forth between Nashville and Fort Smith, playing shows that I had leftover shows I had booked. And, um, you know, it just, it was okay. I, I ended up switching over to a coffee shop so that I would have a little more freedom to just get out. And, um, it just, it felt weird. Nothing was really going in the right direction. I was chasing so many different things, trying to figure out who I needed to be. Um, figuring out what Nashville was looking for, trying to decide what my identity needed to be in music. And right as I'm figuring all those things out, COVID hits. Yeah. And I lost the job at the coffee shop. I just remember the day I, I drove home to, uh, to our little house uh, in Nashville and I, my landlord was just hanging out, out out front on the porch and I just hollered out. I was like, hey, man, I don't know uh, what's going on right now, but I just lost my job. So uh, if you uh, he, he owned a landscape company, I said, if you need anybody to come cut your grass, uh, let me know because I'm out of work. And, uh, you know, it was just all laughing and everything, but sure enough, he called me later that afternoon and was like, Hey man, uh, if you're serious, I, I don't want you to cut grass, but I I've got a job for you. And, um, so anyway, I immediately started working for that landscape company and they threw me on the installation team, um, in charge of doing irrigation installation and, planting, you know, shrubs and trees at commercial and residential sites. Um, so yeah, just, we'd show up down in South Nashville about six 30 in the morning and I'd load up in a truck with Nico, Alfredo and Jose, and we'd take off for different job sites 
and I'd get back to the job around, you know, I'd get home around 6.30 or so. So it was pretty heavy days, lots of manual labor. Yeah. Um, hey, everyone, don't forget about our other partner, the DCU Center, dcucenter.com. Go there for all of their things that are coming. They have concerts. They have hockey. They have indoor football. They have everything you would want for entertainment right here in central Massachusetts. Whether you're local or not, come and check them out. DCU Center, 50 Foster Street in Worcester. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Start off with one thing, like you said, a story. And uh, it's a story that we, most all of us have seen or been through ourselves. Um, And in country music, we try to we try to say and tell a story in a way that the average person isn't able to put into words. They feel it, they've been through it, but they're not sure how to explain it in words. And that's that's a cool thing, uh, a gift that a songwriter can give to a listener. Um, yeah. to turn that over to them. Um, because it helps that person realize what they've been feeling this whole time and uh, say it out, be able to say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, with this thread, right, I, I've i always been curious because I've seen you labeled as, or I don't want to say labeled. I, I fucking hate saying that. But I've seen the the term Americana attached to your to your style and your music as well. What do you what do you what do you think of that being you know considering yourself a country music artist? Well, and I have I, a reason why I ask. That's why. Yeah, I, it, it's it is what it is, man. I don't I don't um, I don't necessarily love it, but at the same because th- that goes back to what I just said about if country music is the umbrella, then all these things fit underneath it. Yeah. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to narrow down a sound like uh, the band or Creedence Clearwater Revival would fall into that. Yep. Trying to figure out what it is about those groups that are not country and they just can, you know, call it Americana. Um, But when, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen Americana fall under uh, Americana being a subgenre of country. So I don't, to be honest, I don't, I I think you're going to see in the next 10 years, we're going to see genres so blurred that, I mean, it's probably the next five years. We're going to see genres so blurred that it's just not even a thing anymore. It's just, it's just, do you like this song? Yeah. Do you like the way it sounds to your ear hole? Do you <laughs> do you like the words that that person is saying? Then this music's for you, right? Um, you know, it's just you know Zach Bryan of all people in the industry right now has proven that more than anyone else. Yeah, he just put out a song, Dawn's or Dawn, uh, with. Maggie Rogers. Uh, I mean, that's it right there. I mean, it, you're taking a, someone that's huge in the pop world 
and taking a kid from Oklahoma that is red dirt as can be and meshing those together to, I mean, it's just music. You either like it or you don't. And right. if it's not for you, then listen to a different song. But um, yeah, I don't know if that technically answers your question, Ron, about Americana, but it, it's, you know, it is what it is. Well, I asked because, you know, and I've had some Americana folks on this show, you know, from Gold Pine, a few, you know, not too earlier in the year. And um, I've had Drew Holcomb on the show. Yeah, um, yeah. Drew, uh, Thomas Doolin, who I've mentioned has helped me produce some of these projects, uh, works extremely close with Drew. Great yeah. Guy. Yeah. Drew, Drew's awesome. But, you know, I, I, I don't remember who I was talking to. It, might, it probably wasn't even either of those people, but we had gotten on the topic of Americana and what it meant to them either at the time or what their, what the intent was. And, you know, I heard a very interesting theory and like, it's, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind um, because when I was in college and stuff, like I kind of got into um, Americana, I guess you could say, Um you know, being up here in New England, you know, it, it's Americana. It's not country music, even though it sounds the exact same. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and somebody had mentioned that it was, you know, they saw it as a um, a divide when it came to like a political stance. You know, maybe not in the music itself, but I think exactly what you said earlier about, you know, country music not being, you know, just southern you know um so i i found it interesting you said that and that's why i brought it up because i thought it was a interesting distinction that somebody i i had spoken to once had made that it was like you know country music in the north is americana more or less and then country yeah. music is in the south is country music you know and i and it was just weird it was weird to think about yeah that's that's uh i i think that's spot on um, and that makes total sense. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I've enjoyed. Prob the, probably the thing I've enjoyed the most about touring uh, is getting to tour the Northeast, the Midwest, going up to towns like Buffalo and, uh, and Philadelphia. <clears throat> it, it, it's hilarious that for so long, me and all my buddies have had this warped view of northerners as I don't know. I don't I don't know what we, we No, no we, it's okay. You thought we were uppity righteous pricks. <laughs> I, I don't know what we thought. And no, that's exactly it, what you thought because we think of you guys as, you know, slow yeah. redneck hillbillies yeah. that don't know anything. Like and that's yeah. that's just unfortunately that's just that's the truth. That's that's how you know, that's just what we think. And yeah, well, I'm with you. And, and, and to my most delightful surprise, I pull into towns like Buffalo, New York. I pull into towns like Morgantown, West Virginia, and, uh, and Ardmore, Pennsylvania. And, you know, I cannot wait to go back. Because I cannot wait to hang out with those people I've met. Yeah. Um, some of the best, just all American working class folks that just yeah. love country music. 
And yep. they're proving that country music is not Southern music. Country music is American music. Right. Um, right. It was the best. I, I like Buffalo, New York is probably my favorite place to play, period. Uh, now, keep in mind, I haven't toured that many, many, that many places, but of the places we played last year was my favorite. We had so much fun. Um, and, yeah, it's just – it blew my mind. I was like, how do these people know about country music? Uh, how do they know these tunes? And how do, why, do they, why do they like it so – I mean, it's just – it's embarrassing to say that out loud, but it's just – it's the truth. We it have is the truth. Warped, uh, we have such a warped view of, um, you know, of, of Northerners in general, but how they relate to country music. Uh, yeah. It's not right. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because when I, you know, I'm about an hour hour south of Boston. I'm about 25 minutes north of Providence, Rhode Island. Like, so yeah. like I'm, I'm in the middle of New England. Yeah. And, you know, when I started this, you know, everybody I know is like, what the fuck are you doing? Country music? Like, what? You know, and like, you know, yeah. it's very liberal around here. So they're like, oh, you're going to be just talking to a bunch of fucking redneck hillbilly, you know racists and you know all this shit you know and it's like give me a fucking break you know and then you know i'm not gonna lie to you when i was in college that's exactly what i thought you know because living up here you know you're brought up super liberal where you know and just because that's just how it is yeah sure yeah and you know i can't tell you the conversations i've been able to have in the last year and a half with, you know, people from all over the country, from California to Arkansas to Texas to Nashville to, you know, everywhere. And it's like the common thread is, you know, we're all really the same. We just yeah. see life maybe through a different lens. We all want the same thing at the end of the day. Exactly. You know, and it's it's wild. It's so it's wild to me. So wild. It's amazing what one, uh, one war uh, a little over 100 years ago can do. Yeah, yeah, because because really those that that whole you know that whole stigma is still there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, the out of all all the places we toured last year and uh, some this spring, I'm just so blown away about how similar every single town is. Yeah. In, in, in North America. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, if you want to know what this country's really like, one, turn off the fucking news and two, get off the internet and try to find somebody from somewhere else and have a conversation. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, because it's my God, it's, it's unbelievable. We, we pulled into, we were on our way to a show in Horseheads, New York with uh, the Cadillac three they invited us out on a run with them and we, this was December 3rd last year. And we were coming down this huge hill through these pines and we were pulling into a town called Warsaw, New York, upstate New York. And there was snow as far as you could see. It It was gorgeous. It looked just like those, postcards that you find sometimes from the 1950s just with a little farm scene and there's a you know a grain tower and it's overlooking these snow-covered hills and kids are over there ice skating on the pond like just all these things that 
as Southerners, we just saw on postcards as kids, like thinking like, you know, is this even real? Do kids actually, you know, right. ice skate on ponds? Uh, and we pulled into this little town, parked our car and found this pub that had, it was just, you know, right in the middle of a tiny little downtown snow all over the ground exposed wood went in there the ceiling was you know just probably right at six five super low ceilings and a long uh long bar and we just sat up there at the bar and ordered some beers and just hung out with these folks from warsaw new york just talking about you know you name it i mean it, it was it was one of the best days my guitar player after that was like, I'm, he, he's from Louisiana. He was like, I, I think I'm moving to Warsaw, New York, dude. <laughs> it, it was, it, it was just, and that's just one of so many experiences where I'm just, I, I have to pinch myself and go, I can't believe this is my job right now. Yeah. I can't believe I get to tour country to just meet good folks. Yep. That's literally all we're doing at the end of the day meeting amazing folks and and yeah hopefully we get to share a song with them play something uh play a song for them and and you know it's because at the end of the day this business is about service and so we're giving to those folks but the cool thing is after our job is done and our service has been provided we get to just sit and talk to amazing people yeah hard working all american people playing them american music damn yeah it, it, it's true that is i think that's the biggest truth i've ever heard ever from any artist that's ever been on this show <laughs> that's uh I'm, I'm glad i glad i could give that <laughs> that's wild oh man so you know i'm i'm looking at our like we've been we've been bullshitting now for a while. Yeah, I I, I, I realized I I really gave you a number on that life story. I gave I gave you the whole life there. Oh no, that's great. That's <laughs> great. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it because I think that you know when people understand, you know, where you've come from and what you're doing, you know, it makes it makes the music that much better when you listen to it. Yeah. Um. So we've talked about whiskey. We've talked about your music we've talked about everything now to kind of round this out i want to talk about your boots because right. we you know because we are the boots and whiskey podcast so we've already taken out one bird so let's let's take out the last one there we go so what are your boots i wear tacovas mid-calf all suede uh, cowboy boots. Uh, the name of the boot is called the Johnny. I chose those because my grandfather, the banjo player, his name is Johnny. Uh, and I just thought they looked cool. And that's what I've worn primarily for the last, you know, three years. I've, they've almost fallen apart. I've got to get them resold there. There's holes in the bottom, uh, but and the suede is just i mean it's it's falling apart but once i get a resold they should be good but that's pretty much 
my favorite cowboy boot of uh, my favorite boot of all time. That's awesome. So, so the management deal for Suede to COVID is going well. <laughs> Listen, if if we can, I'm going to just say that now into existence. If Tacovis is listening, uh, I will take all of your suede cowboy boots that you can provide. Uh, now, I, I I don't have any deal with Tacovis. I I love their company. I think they do a great job. I love their branding. I love how they handle their shipping and everything. It's just I think they've built such a cool company. I. I was buying their boots when they were still relatively small. Yeah. Um, and I just think they're such a great boot company. Um, but yeah, that was a guy walked into the coffee shop I was working at before COVID and he had a pair on. I just thought they were the best looking cowboy boots I'd ever seen. And I, I, I actually just put my, whatever I was doing down and, and, ran outside before he hopped in his car because I knew I was like, if I let this go, I'm never going to figure out what those are. And, uh, chased him out to his car and just said, Hey man, I'm so sorry to bother you, but what boots are you wearing? And, uh, sure enough Tacovas, And uh, a couple months later, I ordered myself a pair of the suede, uh, you know, light Brown. Uh, they go up to probably, yeah, mid to upper calf and uh then once i found out they were named the johnny i was like uh, i've got to have these that's awesome that's that is super cool i don't have a cool boot story mine are just areas hey nothing wrong with that that was no. that was my first boot yeah uh, it's my first boot too like i've had one pair since uh just before covid started um and they just they've just been my my babies that's awesome dude they're yeah they, they're so comfortable i i always wanted cowboy boots and my grandmother uh all the guys at my high school you know wore them and uh i just finally was like man you know i need to get a pair and my grandmother bought me a pair of ariats uh but I wore those into the absolute ground. I mean, they, they, I couldn't even, they're so destroyed. I wore them so much. I, I, I still have them to just to have them, but yeah. if I tried to put them on right now, I mean, I think they would disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, my, my birthday's in March. So I got them in March of 2020, like a, literally a week before the shutdown. Yeah. And, you know, I have these beautiful brand new boots that my wife got me for my birthday. And then it's like, oh, you can't go anywhere. You can't wear them anywhere. So, like, I was walking around the house in them. And, yes, know, had, yes. Just, just to kind of wear them and break them in. And, you know, I had never wore boots before. And I'm walking around like, you know, like a fucking baby calf to just come out of the womb. Yeah. And, you know, like, it was, it was pretty funny. I can, I can, you know, we went to the grocery store one day and I, put them on and she's like you gotta get them you gotta get them on you gotta start wearing them and uh you know i'm i feel like i have these like bricks on my feet so like i'm picking them up <laughs> you know picking them up off the ground and yeah you know, she's like you don't have to walk like an asshole and i'm like oh i do. yes i do <laughs> <laughs> you know like i don't know i don't know what else to do here yeah it, yeah i mean it's 
Well, especially area. Are, are they uh, square toed? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's definitely a learning curve. I mean, yeah. They uh, especially Ariats. I feel like they're they're just big boots. Yeah, uh, they're clunky. They're clunky. But like once you get used to them, I mean, once once I got used to them, you know, like these are. Uh, I, I honestly, you know, I have a couple of pair of sneakers. I got a pair of Hey Dudes for Christmas that I absolutely love. Yeah. And um, you know, I slip my boots on just to like go get the mail. You know, uh, my yeah. my wife laughs at me. She's like, "Why did you put your boots on?" I'm like, "Cause they they just they just they've gotten to the point where they slide on, they slide off. They're they're some of the most comfortable shoes. Yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome. It's it's you know it works it works for me. So that's so great, man. But yeah. uh, big boot fan for sure. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Um. Oh man, Jesus! We could go all night, but honestly, I I thank you for your time. You know, oh, I really, man. really do. I I think it's awesome that you were here. I think it's awesome that you've taken the time to to shoot the shit and and do the thing. And I I really appreciate it. All right, dude, no problem at all. I, I appreciate you taking the time and asking me to be on your podcast. It means uh, a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anytime, you know. Anytime you got go- something going on, you know, reach out, man. You know, you have my number now. Just you know. Anytime you're up here, you know, let me know and we'll uh, we'll get together and have some whiskey and shoot, shoot the shit in real life. That sounds like a plan, man. That that would be awesome. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Well, JD, thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I again, you know, being a dad, I get it. You know, I, I taking time from a newborn is is tough. So, you know, thank you, thank you. I, you know, your time away from your daughter isn't isn't lost on me. So I appreciate it, <laughs> man. It was uh, it was honestly a nice uh, nice little break. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah, so much. no problem. Anytime, buddy. All right, dude. All right, talk to you soon. We'll talk to you soon, man. Take All right. care. You too. All right, bye. See ya. Of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot, all come from the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company. A big thank you to those guys out there. drsupplyco.com. Check them out. Canadian company. Great stuff. Check them out. Well, there you have it, everyone. Episode 2 of Season 6. I think it's like 133 we're on or something crazy like that. That's unimaginable to me. Um, So, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Wherever you are tuning in, again, thank you to Tipsy and everybody else that has contributed to the show. Um, if you're looking to sponsor or want to advertise with us, you know, please reach out, bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. We'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you. Um, you know, we're growing this thing, everyone, and, you know, you want to be here for the ride, I'm telling you. So, you know, next week we've got, who do we have? Dave Wilbert will be on the show next week, and then the week after we have Parker Howard. Um, we actually have to still finish Parker's episode, but, um, we're working on it. (laughs) Um, so really without, with, you know, that's it. That's all we got. Um, what did we do this past week? Oh, we went to the brew woo at the DCU center. Absolutely incredible. So many craft beers. Um, if you were there, let us know what you thought. Uh, big shout out to the DCU center for that. Um, I do believe this coming Friday night, we're going to do something at the DCU Center again that's not country music related. I don't have a hard confirmation on it yet. Um, 
have a soft confirmation on it. I don't have a hard one. Um, and then in a couple of weeks in May, in about a month, we are also going to be there for Mr. Zach Bryan. So we're looking forward to that. Um, that's it. Always all the stuff at Off the Rails. Check it out. Um, coming up in a couple of weeks there, we have Annie Brobst and um, Raylan Nelson. Uh, my brain just malfunctioned for a second. Both former guests to the Boots and Whiskey podcast. Um, so yeah, guys, re really, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of your support. Um, it, it, it goes a long way. Um, so yeah, like, follow, subscribe, share, you know, do whatever you can to support us. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it to all the listeners, to everybody, you know, thank you so much. And as always guys here at the Boots and Whiskey podcast, we're all about real people, the real stories and real country music. So until next week. Cheers. Keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass, y'all. Good night.